time for another two whatever's way up i'm your host jesse today we have seth hello and hope hey there and tonight we're discussing one of my favorite movies of all time uh, a little known uh thriller i guess you could say from 2013 called blue ruin directed by, directed by jeremy saulnier yes uh, this is i randomly came across this because red letter media i think jay bauman said he it was one of his favorite movies of 2013 yeah. so i yeah i got Something it on that actually amazon is good that came out in 2013 <laughs> <laughs> what a what a crap year for movies too. Uh, the, every, everyone was just their panties were on on fire from avengers we didn't know what to do like what was cinema gonna recover <laughs> yeah we had um we instead got man of steel and star trek into darkness back to back oh jesus christ <laughs> oh what a trash fire year Ugh. anyways pushing forward <laughs> so <laughs> pushing forward uh blue ruin this is a little tiny this is a local film to maryland actually yeah uh, a lot of Maryland and Virginia locations in this film. Yeah, this is a really, really good one. It's it's the first time I'd seen the actor Macon Blair in anything. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, the first movie that these guys had done was called Murder Party, which is a personal favorite. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite. Love that is- <laughs> Murder Party. It is must-watch for my Halloween viewing season. It, it is, is must-watch. It, it is such a perfect, like... I know he wrote that, or at least parts of it, from when he was in film school. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, yeah, some of these people in in creative spaces are just nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love well, it, it feels like a it, it. sometimes feels like a movie that was made in film school. The budget on that was even lower than this one. Oh, sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hope, let's start with you. When did you see this film? Honestly, this is the first time viewing this film is when you brought oh. it up for this. So I'm a I'm a first time viewer for this, and I'm really glad that uh, I got to see it because i love i've seen some of their other stuff like obviously martyr party i've seen some of their other films too and everything and i guess this just kept flying under my radar until now so but i've thoroughly enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah what about you seth yeah so um i saw this uh at, right after i saw green room um i was like mm-hmm. Who is this director? Why are they so good? I need to see everything they've done. So I just started running back through Jeremy's uh, filmography. And unfortunately, at the time, that was uh, a pretty short list uh, as well. He's He's gone on to do some more stuff, thankfully. But um, yeah, so, so my first interaction with it, I had no idea what to expect going into it. And then... Once you get once you hit that point, I think at that the first conversation with his sister, and you you get mm-hmm. what where the movie's headed, that then I was like, oh shit, okay, I think I know what they're going for here, and I got really on board, and just it it grabbed me from there to the end. Like I what one of my favorite indie viewing movie experiences in a really long time because I felt I felt like I could make that movie, but I also know I could not make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually know people that worked on this too. Interesting. Oh, there yeah. you go. They actually, yeah, um, I know some people that worked on this, and also um, the equipment for this, the uh, the camera, it wasn't the camera, uh, um, the slider, the six foot slider for the camera was rented from the shop I used to work at. That's cool. That's yeah, that's pretty I, funny. Yeah, I remember seeing the pull sheet up on the board, being like, it was called Blue Ruin, and I was like, the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they just said, oh, six foot slider stands and some sandbags. Oh, okay, well, go here you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I unfortunately did not work on this, but I'd love to. Yeah, and I would have loved to have worked on this. Yeah, so, uh, 
I love the fact that it's a very quiet film. It's it's not it's not an action movie at all, and it's sort of a deconstruction of revenge movies. Like the main character, his parents were murdered by this this other family for reasons you that get explained at the end of the film. I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> but the entirety of the movie, this is a guy. This is a guy that's clearly watched too many movies. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> keeps fucking up the whole way. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Like, he gets an arrow shot into his leg, and he thinks, oh, I could just go to the store and just buy a bunch of stuff, and I can just, like, no country for old men. I can just, you know, get the arrow out, and I can just stitch myself up. And he completely botches it. Yeah. has to take himself to the hospital. <laughs> Honestly, that scene um, when he's buying the supplies was one of my little favorite scenes when he's handing the clerk the money with the blood on it. He's like, that's, I, yep, yep. And then just walks yeah. off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I really love this character. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I love the way that they take the time to point out, like, how how inaccurate your brain is in these situations. You want to believe that you would be the Stone Cold Killer from the revenge flick, you know, and... You're just not, dude. You're just you're gonna fuck up somewhere. And I love that, that that it's so real that anybody watching who watches this movie and thinks, "Oh, I would have done better." The fuck you would have. Like really, the yeah. fuck you would have. Yeah, this is this is real people trying to take revenge. It's not the same. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's very 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 different. Yeah. Uh also, uh, can we compliment how beautiful this movie is? Just yeah, so well For shot. For a movie that costs costs less than $500,000, how the hell did you make this thing look so good? <laughs> Holy shit, dude. It's called yeah, Jer- Passion and Love and Talent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, Jeremy shot this one as well, right? Wasn't he his own cinematographer? Uh, yes, he, he was his own cinematographer on this. I, I, most of these people uh, pitched in, I guess, to help because the crew on this was very small. Oh yeah, so, well, I mean, like this... the minimal score that there is, that was all done by Macon Blair's family. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like this was all funded uh, funded mainly by a Kickstarter. Oh wow! So that yep, gives me a lot was, of uh... that gives me a lot of hope for my movie this summer. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it, it was a Kickstarter project. People just saw the quality of the early um, the early content, probably based upon the previous film, Murder Party, and they just got just enough to make this movie yeah yeah and it's such a simple story too like there's not a lot of complicated story it's just oh just this main character just wants to go and kill these people that killed his parents that's it yeah but it's just his trials and tribulations to accomplish that (laughs) that make it fun one of my favorite bits about this, I don't know if this will ring true for you guys. I'm curious if it will. Um, it almost feels like it could exist in the same in the same place as like Breaking Bad or El Camino. Like like they could almost live in the same universe in their approach to characters and the reality of situations like this. Like Breaking Bad had yeah. very real shootouts. Shootouts are messy and they're scattered and it's it it yeah. you there's no rhythm to them. Like a real shootout is a scary thing and and they yeah. uh, the the finale of this movie just holy shit. Like that's what a shootout is. You the guns are popping off at the unexpected times, not the expected times. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's as realistic as you could make a revenge story. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it's the opposite of like No Country for Old Men, where it it kind of feels a bit like an action movie at certain points, and I'm like, mm, no, I like that movie, but it does feel a bit staged sometimes. Yeah, there, there's definitely aspects that uh, of that one in particular that you can it, it it feels like it's grasping for being cinematic, and I think Blue Ruin is cinematic by virtue of sticking so close to its idea of what it's doing. It, like to yes. to agree with you there, right? it's it's a lot more focused in this case than it is in um, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did any of you guys uh, think it was funny when um, Buzz from Home Alone showed up in the movie? Yes, <laughs> I so, I was just like, oh, he grew up. <laughs> I, I think he has played a cop in like so many things since he's been an adult. I know, yeah, yeah. He actually plays a cop in the most recent Home Alone movie, where he's like, with the most recent one is supposed to take place in the same universe as the original one. Oh, yeah, seriously? and he plays a cop that polices his old neighborhood. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, I um, saw that's not an that ex- he played. That's in not it, an excuse to watch know. it. Yeah, that's not an excuse to watch it. The movie still sucks. Don't watch <laughs> it. Just, just making that point. But then he was, um, he was also a cop in R.I.P.D. If I remember correctly, wasn't he one of the cops on um, Reynolds' team? I know I'm asking a lot, asking anyone to remember R.I.P.D. I, I uh, well, I am looking up the credits, and you are correct, Seth. Okay, I, th- I thought I remembered in that. And then he was a cop, or no, he worked with the cops and surrogates. That was the other one that I was. I knew there was like four of them. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's working the uh, the control room, the servers. That's, that's right. right. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. Um. <laughs> I preferred him in the tick but that's just me. Oh. <laughs> Which one? There's like three different versions. <laughs> oh, the live action, uh, more recent Patrick live Warburton action one. one with, uh, oh, no. okay, yeah, that one. That wasn't Patrick Warburton, no. was it? That was the previous one. There's, previous. Like Peter I said, there's Serafinowitz. many versions. Peter Serafinowitz one. That's right, that's right. Um, that was the one that um, Patrick Willem's buddy works on. Um, Gavin something, I forget his name. He, he plays um, Arthur. I don't remember Griffin much Newman? of that show. Yes, Griffin. <laughs> Griffin Newman. That's correct. Not Gavin. Griffin. Anyways, we're uh, we're in the weeds here. Speaking yes. of in the weeds, the hostage situation has to be one of my favorite scenes oh, in the whole oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> he misses a shot from two yards away. And then, and then he comes up and he's like, I am so disappointed in you. That is pathetic. <laughs> and honestly, like with someone with his background, that would be the first thing. He wouldn't be like, oh, you okay, buddy? He's like, you fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I give I, you I, all of my guns. I give you my land and you still mess up. <laughs> just like the, the awkwardness of having never been in those situations is so apparent and and I really like Macon's ability to to act like it's a fresh situation. That's really like high talent. That is that is a hard thing to keep in mind in a way that yeah. it communicates obviously to the audience that like you know it, it it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like he was tripping over his own feet like intentionally. It it really felt like he he did not know what was going to happen next at different points. Yeah, there's this weird sadness to that character. Yeah. Just, he he seems like a kid that never grew up, and it, it, there's he's like in a state of arrested adolescence. Yeah, yeah. You just feel so bad for him the whole time because he, he accepts his fate at the end of the movie. He's like, yeah, I know I'm gonna die, but I kind of want to. Yeah. Well, yeah. look how he was living initially. Like he just kind of yeah, he's a homeless man. Yeah, he completely yeah. shut himself down. He secluded himself. He was 
yeah, he was homeless. Yeah, it's yeah. just and homeless at the beginning when he's City. talking. Yeah. Oh yeah, no saying. <laughs> funny seeing Funland out there, right? Right. But when he's talking to his sister, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not used to talking like that." That hit me. I was like, "Oof, buddy." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hits home after like uh, going into our third year of a pandemic too. I like recently when the three of us were able to hang out. That was the most like outdoor social interaction I'd had in a while, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Like talking to people is uh, exhausting again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm. That's God. life now. That is life now, yeah. Hoping it ends soon, right. but I don't think it will, unfortunately. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> um, so something I wanted I wanted to bring up, since Filth was the last one that we did, um, yes. that, this, this double pairing I love as, like, the, um, the antidote to toxic masculinity. Um, because yes. This is the medicine, and then Filth is the chaser. Filth is going to be over the top and have fun mm. with it, and then Blue Ruin says, this is how you fucking affect other people's lives when you let violence take over, and it looks yes. rough, buddy, you know? like, And it, and it keeps kicking you in the teeth for it, too. Like, it, 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 the, the movie punishes you for wanting him to succeed. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I One of my favorite scenes is when he's uh, he's in... Uh, he's in the house and he's waiting for the family to come back home at the end of the movie. And he looks at their photo albums and he starts to realize the more he's killing off, he's like killing off this family. Yeah. Kind of realizing that, you know, these people have lives of their own and they just wanted to go about their lives. Yeah. And so he changes his mind on wanting to take revenge. But at the end of the movie realizes that if he doesn't do it, they're going to go after his sister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no winner in that situation. So. It's just if he he's basically just like if I'm gonna go out, you're coming with me. In this case, you know, there's we're all just gonna suffer in the end. That's it. And and honestly, is that not the happiest ending that you can get for a movie whose whose thesis is violence is destructive and destroys the people around it? You know what I mean? Like at least there's the piece of n- n- all the guilty parties are gone now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's sad, but it's like, I mean, better than them going off and getting his innocent sister, you know, uh, the all, all the rest With of the, the babies. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. how to make one of the little kids asthmatic too? like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the ending of this movie is the biggest kick in the dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where the, where the uh, postcard finally arrives at the house. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, it is funny. The. um. That big storm that apparently shows up at the end of the movie, that uh, big massive storm that knocked down all those trees and power lines. Uh, I remember when that happened. That was that derecho that came through here about a decade ago. Oh, yeah. Mm. That was what that was. They filmed that just on the fly. They said, let's go ahead and get footage of this. We could put this at the end of the movie. Um, I remember I remember that specifically because I was actually down in, I think it was, is it Kings Dominion or Bush Garden? No, it's Bush Gardens down in Virginia. Yeah. Well, they're both and down I was there, filmed- but- yeah, well, it's, it was filming a commercial for Channel 7, Channel 7, ABC Channel 7. And um, uh, I was going to just stay at the hotel that night because I'm like, look, it, we were, it was hot as fuck outside. It was August. And so we're just going to stay here. And then I got a call from my boss saying, you need to drive back up to D.C. right now to put the generator that's in your truck into another truck. <laughs> this is a three-hour drive, and it's a weekday driving back up to D.C. in the afternoon. 
traffic most of the way. And then I have to drive through this fucking storm. Jeez. <laughs> I saw arcs of lightning that were so bright that you didn't even need your headlights on the road. Wow. I yeah. believe it. It yeah. was just all across the sky. And I saw, like, th- three cars got pulled off the road because the wind was so strong. I was, like, gripping at the wheel of the truck. And I was just like, please don't blow over. Please don't blow over. Finally get back to the shop. And I put the generator in the truck. Uh, but, yeah, that same that, – that was exactly the thing that they filmed was what I was driving through. <laughs> and it, it adds this little bit to the end of the movie where it, the storm has finally passed. It's a, it's a simple metaphor, but it works as an ending to the film. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the storm is finally over. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what you're saying is that Saulnier should uh, do the Twister reboot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd be there for it. Like <laughs> that, that could be yeah. really good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, but uh, as long as he puts some more cows in it. Yeah, <laughs> cow. I gotta Another go. Cow. There's cows. <laughs> oh God. Why would anybody live in Oklahoma if it was like a tornado every hour? What the fuck? <laughs> because cost of living is like dirt fucking cheap. I was about to say you can get <laughs> like fifty acres for three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I build my shelter under the ground, then I don't have to deal with anything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just have underground mansions. Why not? That's that's the point. Yeah. There you go. Be Molman. I, yeah. I, I've been playing Elden Ring, and recently I've been in the underworld part uh, adventuring down there, and uh, I've just been thinking about how I, went, I wonder if there's stuff like that out in the Midwest, you know what I mean? Just like big cave systems down underground that we could build down into or something and have like reverse America, and then we could just split politically, just like... Some of us can have the, the top, and then there's the- that under, there's that underground thing in Seattle that was in that movie Malignant. Oh yeah, that? yeah, that's true. That's totally a thing. <laughs> there's totally there's things like that in New York as well. Yeah, yeah, but who wants New York? <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I would gladly become a turtle. Yeah. Jeremy Saulnier's Ninja You're Turtles. I would watch it. That sounds actually. Okay. 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 I, I was joking at first, but now that recent run that they've done where it's down to the one turtle, um, I would watch. Oh, yeah, the Jeremy's, last Ronin? I would, I would watch Jeremy Saulnier's version of that uh, legitimately. Yeah, it's just Michelangelo now. Yeah, it's so oh, sad. Oh, it's great. I love Spoilers that. I for love that. the Ninja Turtles comics, actually. I'm sorry about that. The <laughs> the turtles fans, there's dozens of them, but they're they're strong. Yeah, I'm actually currently wrapped up in my Donatello blanket right now. Actually, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, Donnie's my man. Anyways, I'll fight anybody who says he's oh he's the best turtle. Yeah, Raph is the worst. He's a dick. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, uh, getting back to the movie, the one thing I wanted to note was that this is not an A24 movie, but goddamn if it doesn't feel like it. it. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. The following movie that Saulnier and Macon Blair did was uh, Green Room, and that is an A24 film. Yeah. I, yeah I, this like, was this... like his audition tape to be into A24. He's like, all right, here's this. Now take me. Yes. It feels like a film made by A24, because A24, I think at this point, was had just been established and they weren't taking on a project like this. Mm. But this, in many ways, this film kind of set the tone for what A24 was going to do. Like directors, focused projects, small budgets, independent films, you know, 
completely uh, obscure subject matter, stuff that would never make a ton of money in a theater, but would make just enough to keep the company in 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 business, and then they would be able to get massive accolades and awards. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, this was kind of the thing that started that. Because when I think back to 2013, I, I think of a bunch of trash, and then I think of this movie. Oh, <laughs> 2013 was a terrible I'm, movie. I'm about to type in movies. 2013 in film, and uh, I'm I'm scared for... Oh, no. First thing that pops up is uh, Paul Walker's Hours and Oblivion, and I'm scared to continue reading. Oh, oh fuck it. Oh. Okay, th- there, are, there are a couple pockets of... of good in here but that this was an ass year oh my god 2013 was bad <laughs> I was about to say, it, read off some read off some of them i want to hear okay often. okay let, I, I i'm i'm i want to decorate this with the goods that i'm seeing here first so so we okay. had um uh prisoners and enemy came out the uh, same year um to uh via new films Snowpiercer came out. Um, okay. We got uh, Pacific Rim was a big win that year. Um, oh, yeah. Her came out that year. That was, I think, probably my favorite oh, of, of yeah. 2013. Um, and then the the Evil Dead remake, which I liked a lot, um, came out that year, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. All right, you, I remember that. You guys ready for the bullshit? Oh, I'm Go ready. for it. Okay. Uh, Man of Steel, which we know. Riddick mm-hmm. came out that mm-hmm. year. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we got Iron Man three, which split audiences in half, and um, Thor yep. Dark World. Thor Dark World, same year. Yep, back to back sci fi flops: Ender's Game and After Earth. Oh god! <laughs> Fittingly, R.I.P.D. came up on this list. <laughs> oh, shit! Uh, Kick ass to A.K.A. Gag me with a spoon. Um, <laughs> Wow! Wow! Ugh. Yeah, what a yeah, what a bad year. Jeez. Into, Into Darkness came out that year as well, didn't it? Or was that next year? Um, I'm not sure. I, oh, uh, Under the Skin came out that year. Okay. That, oh, Now You See Me came out in oh, 2013. Lone Ranger came out that <laughs> year. Lone Ranger, no. Oh, Infamous <laughs> Movie 43 came out in 2013. No. All right, that's enough. Yeah, that's that's, enough. that's funny enough though. Uh, Filth came out that year too. True. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So there's actually, actually, there is a lot of, I'm, I'm looking, there's a lot more like independent films. That yeah, all the good ones are out. indies. Oh, the Old Boy remake. Okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm clicking off the page. Sorry. Yeah, that's enough. I, I, that's, I there was, was too like, much garbage. Horns Audience, I'm sorry. that year. So, I mean, just look for the indies of that year. All, all the actual like Big budget huge, shit. The big budget shit was awful, but the indie stuff was on point. So it it did lay the seeds with the Wolverine to give us Logan later, so I can I can appreciate it for that. Yeah, fair enough. It, That's it was true. making groundwork, I guess. Oh man, doesn't Blue Ruin feel like Logan a lot at different points? Jesus. Yeah, I feel like they took inspiration from this for something like Logan. I, I really feel like it. I could see it because there's a, there's there's just so much in this movie that feels like it inspired other other types of revenge stories or other like loner type films. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, and, and it feels like a straight up seventies movie at times. Like, like if you slapped a, you know, a, a real ugly filter and some audio effects on this and made it sound like a seventies movie and look like a seventies movie, you, I wouldn't even really be able to tell since really there's no big actors to give it away either. Like you could, 
easily pass this off as something from that time and and that's an aspect that i love about it you can tell its inspiration is from that that really grungy time in the 70s when they were pumping out these like ugly uh, you know under under the table under budget films at the time Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, it just feels like a what's the term here a, a cleaner version of a revenge film because there's whenever there's blood and gore it's in the film but it's it's not like they don't hold on it it's it, it is a graphic film but it's not like incessant yeah yeah it, it's, it's there it's, when it needs to be it, it's and it's yeah. it's it's kind of graphic i think in its realism in the way it's that it's presented it's not it's not presented and making blair's reaction to it as well the right. first time when teddy gets shot through the through the uh through his mouth yeah <laughs> and he just see his head snap to the left his reaction is like, yeah, that's what a person would react to if, if or it, would, it would look like if they saw someone get shot. Exactly. He's just terrified of what's just happening. Yeah. Or and, going back to the arrow again, you know, just right. like that, especially in the thigh like that, there would be excessive blood, there would be anything, and he's just like, I'm just going to sew it up and walk it off. And when he's finally in the hospital, it's like, yeah, you almost died beca- because you almost killed yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you almost hit your femoral artery with that shit, bro. Right. Oh my god. Dude, and the amount of pain you go in in those situations, the idea that you're just going to patch yourself up. It is so laughable. Like your hands are Ugh. shaking and the adrenaline pumping and you think you're going to cry for your mom. Like dude, you're going to cry for your mom in a situation like that. I just I really love like super uber tough guys that think that they would just crush situations like this and I'm like Dude, I I have been through enough like just just sports injuries to know how people react to this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the I, only I exception would be if they went into complete shock. Exactly. I I really like how the movie it doesn't glorify the violence; it just presents it as matter of fact and part of this world in in regards to the decision that was just made it's like yeah the decision was made this is the consequence of that you know and i i like i like that it didn't it didn't have to revel in the gore for it to still be shocking when it happens right Mm -hmm. um i just had a point i just forgot what it was damn (laughs) How dare you? Gosh. <laughs> oh, yo, that's right. Um, so the scene when uh when he kills uh Wade after he gets out of prison in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's just that stabs was... him in the head. Oh, that was so clumsy and awkward. And yes. I was like, how how did you manage this? I was I literally was like, how did he even get this far? <laughs> Yeah, it he is so clumsy at doing this. Like he he tries to go get a gun, and then he when he finds one, he realizes oh it's locked. It's like well shit. Right. The 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 process of taking revenge, getting a weapon, finding who you want to kill, ta- uh, carrying out the action, working up the courage to do it. Like this feels like the realistic version of that. Right. Yeah. It, it's. It's not showy. It's not. It's there's no tough guy macho bullshit in this movie. It is. It's the opposite of a movie like Man on Fire, yeah. which I hate. Yeah, I hate that movie with a passion. Mm. That movie is horseshit. <laughs> Denzel Washington is the epitome of the guy that Dwight thinks he is in in these situations yeah. or wants to be in these situations. I guess I should say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
he wishes he was a tough guy, but he just got stuck with being Dwight. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, he's just oh, like I just feel so bad for him because he is so awkward and everything. Just <laughs> I was like, how? And 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 think of like in 2013, that's still like early in the the throes of the office having come off the air and like a Dwight as a character like that's a very intentional name choice for that character oh for sure <laughs> yeah it it just the main character's name is Dwight like he's so unassuming yeah, yeah. and and yet still yeah, it, scary too there's there's something about like a like a sweaty unkept scrappy dude coming at you that's still frightening like he at, at times like reminds me of Gollum in in specifically the finale you know what i mean just like the oh yeah <laughs> just he's he's so wiry he's still frightening to me mm-hmm. yeah he has those big expressive yeah. eyes yeah, i've 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 chatted with macon blair every now and again on twitter and i've I've wanted to get him to do an interview at some point, but he's currently directing the uh, reboot of Toxic Avenger. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's which is right. yeah, isn't it Peter Dinklage playing the Toxic Avenger? I think so. Yeah, he and is. isn't uh, isn't Elijah Wood behind that? Isn't it his production company? Yes, yeah, it's his production company. That's yeah. awesome. Who did a? He, he's produced a bunch of really like off the wall oh, movies. The man's taste in film is so eclectic, and I love that. Yeah, I love that. It, I can tell it came from him spending so much time with Peter Jackson because they have the same taste oh, yeah. in movies. Yeah, I think they said that they would do movie nights every now and again while working on Lord of the Rings. They would just go and hang out at Peter Jackson's oh, house yeah. and they'd just be like watching this crazy weird shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so. you're shooting three movies back to back for what, like four years? <laughs> yeah, you, you better be spending time together or you're going to just have a horrible time. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, just, yeah. just to throw it out, he is he produced... The Greasy Strangler. Yes. I was about to say, when is Greasy Strangler going to get brought up? I was oh, waiting for you to say Oh, it. man, maybe I should make that the next movie on here. I, I, oh, yes. my gosh. I was going so to pick something es- esoteric anyways, so, like, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Greasy Strangler is next one I, I think we should Deal. do. Deal. All right, Greasy Strangler. Oh, I'm tweeting it right now. Uh, <laughs> So I love funny it. enough, there's actually a a, con- a horror convention coming up soon in down in Florida in May, and both Michael St. Michael and Sky Elabar are gonna be there, like in the pink sweaters, doing like photo ops and <laughs> shit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, screw all the horror stuff. I need to see them. God. <laughs> <laughs> damn oh man yeah it, it's so I, uh, with oh, a, no go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I, I was gonna say i don't want to spoil much like we we've touched on a lot of the ideas within the film without changing the context i think um so i, I don't want to ruin ruin too much I, I wanted to ask you guys though if there's any if there's any particular scenes of like where uh, movies like this i i like to think about the way that they encapsulate their idea into one scene um was there anything like that that stuck out to you guys i I was thinking the the scene where he talks to his sister and and just the way that he drops i'm gonna kill him right in the middle of the conversation just just to show the realism of it i I thought that really encapsulated the movie um is, is there anything that like that that stands out to you guys uh the scene right after that where um he thinks that they've gone back to the house to kill his sister and they rush back to the house and they find, Oh no, they, they, they're, they're fine. 
but then she flips out at him and kicks him out of the house and he's begging to get back get let back in yeah like because he's he wanted his revenge he got his revenge and he still fucks up because it, it damages his relationship with his sister yeah exactly so it, exactly yeah the damage you do is is you damage everyone around you when you try to just get that simple primal need right Man, this movie is such a downer. Yeah, man. it really is. <laughs> I made the perfect title, "Blue Ruins." Like it's, it just sounds depressing. Yep. Yeah, I, and of course, is the car he drives is blue. There you go. I love the uh, and it's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I love that poster in the in the Wikipedia. That is such a that that's that's what posters should ascribe to. <laughs> yes, like it it gives you an a, example of what the movie is supposed to be without giving away what it is. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's not a tough guy thing. So. <laughs> also, the fact that that's act, that's actually uh the main character, that's the scene where Teddy jumps out of the jump jumps out of the trunk. Mm-hmm. That's not the main character with the gun. Our main character is the one on the ground. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like showing his fuck up like he's such a fuck up. Yep. That's so funny. Mhm. Mm. God. Honestly, I was going to say what really got to me was when he met up with he, with Ben, who apparently, you know, he, they were, like, good friends. And he's like, yeah, I put my, the first 200 miles on my cart putting missing posters for you. Like, mm-hmm. I cared about you, man. And yeah. you just up and left. And, like, he, he didn't come to him. He didn't, And he's like, you're coming to me now for a favor. But back then, like, why weren't, why couldn't I be there for you? He was basically saying, like why couldn't you have come to me before it got to this point type of deal? And that, that hit me, you know, cause I was like, I, I see both points of like wanting to hermit up and, but also, you know, like I don't want to completely shut myself off from the people who care about me, but it's yeah. also like, I don't yeah. want to be around them too. So it was like, I, cause I've been in both situations. So I was like, saw both sides of the coin. I was like, that's what really got me. Cause I've been in that, way too often <laughs> and, sure. like that's the scene that really hit me was like fuck dude like yeah i'm gonna be here for you i'm gonna do the favor but well where were you <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah uh this movie is it's i, I really love this movie but it, it is not an easy watch it's really really rough Sometimes, yeah, I it, it had been a, a bit since I had watched it, and I had forgotten how how heavy it got, and I was like, yeah, I'm I, th- I see why this is not like a comfort movie for me. Yeah, but it is it is worth watching if you want if you need a break from the standard like revenge movie. This is not Death Wish. No, yeah, this is this is the opposite of like oh, that gosh, Charles no. Bronson movie yeah. Death Wish. Yeah, it's the opposite of that. It's it's not a it's not a re- typical revenge story. Um, I actually just watched uh, last night. I watched that movie Mass that Josh Dysart recommended to yeah. us. That was uh oh, that was also rough. <laughs> oh goddamn! Like I watched two depressing movies back to back. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mass was great. It's just fuck, dude. <laughs> and that's a story about you know a mass shooter and you know the parents of the victim you know trying to reconcile with the parents of the shooter. It's like it's a tough one. It's a really tough sure. one. Yeah, I went to try and watch it today, and I mentally was just like, nope, can't do it. I'll try again later, but yep. I just, I yeah, mentally just could not handle that right now. It's it's a lot. 
but still a recommend. Yeah, it's like it's like with, oh, you know, no, with, no. with the was, heavy heart, was, we recommend this movie. <laughs> yeah, like yes, you just have to be yes. in the right headspace. Is I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like exactly. if you're not in the right headspace, wait. Yeah, because you know, it, it'll just there. There's movies like that where I'll tell people it's a fantastic film. Don't watch it mm-hmm. unless you're in a really good place right now though because otherwise you're gonna be all kinds of messed up i could totally see this being like a movie to throw on in the background if you're like feeling creative and wanting to work on art because it's a very like artistically beautiful like it's very beautifully shot um and and like if you weren't keyed into the story and we're just looking at the visuals i could see it being helpful in in like that kind of space like i could you could watch this without sound it would still make sense. yeah that's true Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so well shot. Yeah, that is the, that mm-hmm. is the sign of a well shot film for sure. Mm-hmm. Damn, what a good yep. what a good pick, Jesse. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched this. I, I really just wanted to just go back through this again and just just experience it one more time because I have the Blu-ray of this, and they actually talk on the about on the Blu-ray. Um, the director said that the film was actually a financial failure. Um. And he's shown it to his father, who passed away before the film premiered, or um, or no, it was right before. It was like it was right after, and the film didn't make enough money, and so his his father didn't realize the movie was a financial failure when it got released. He enjoyed the movie, but didn't realize it financially had failed. Wow! And that really, really broke up Saulnier. <laughs> but then, as time went on, it found its audience, and it has since turned. Apart. Oh, that's good. So as I said, he's definitely yeah, made so. a name for himself too. So like it's. Oh yeah, he's doing great. He's, yeah. he's directed True Detective yeah, yeah. episodes. Yeah, he's he's doing good. Yeah, it it just yeah, he's sucks. currently it's... doing another film right now. Yeah. yeah, it's like Rebel Ridge, I think. Yes. Yeah, it it just sucks to see like such great talent be because I could see where that can get so disheartening. Where you put all your time, like you can tell he put in so much love and time and effort into this film and everything, like not not even like break even or anything to see it's not even like appreciated that could be so disheartening and i feel so bad like i wish i could go back in time and like hug him be like it's going to be okay i promise (laughs) like you will make it i promise you right Mm. yeah i mean I wish these guys would come back to uh, Maryland or Virginia. They're both from Alexandria. I wish they'd come back to film something here, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So, because I think I think Blair lives in uh, Austin, Texas, and I think that Sony lives out in L.A. So, interesting. So, yeah. But hey, looking forward to that Toxic Avenger reboot. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm looking forward. <laughs> gimme, to, gimme. I'm looking forward to Rebel Ridge as well. That um, I I really liked Hold the Dark. I had to watch it twice to get it, um, but I I really did enjoy it. Yeah, it's it, it's it's good, but it's not as good as the previous. No, movies. but it's like it's everything it needed to be for like what it was offering. I guess I I was I was willing to greet it on its own terms and be like, you know what, good little movie. Mm-hmm. I'm a smidge biased yeah. with Green Room. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. It is a fantastic, fantastic film. Yeah, that's his 10 but out of 10 even, for me. E- even if it wasn't, I'd still love it for the sheer fact that Sir Patrick Stewart's in it. And, huh. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's so irritated with all the people that work underneath him because they're such complete idiots. Right. 
<laughs> He's so irritated. <laughs> All these Sir dumb Patrick Nazis can't Stewart. get anything done. No. Why'd I have to? Why'd I have to get the damn skinheads? Fuck. <laughs> mm. Rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Oh, man. What a shame. But yeah, that's Blue Ruin. Go watch it. It's available pretty much anywhere. Mm. High recommend. Yeah, for sure. Very high recommend. Yeah. I think that wraps it up. Uh, Hope, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff at biohazard underscore Leia. Um, we're still working on these podcasts, and then we're just getting everything prepped and ready for next season. So be on the lookout for our new seasons and new shows. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And Seth, what about you? Well, if you'd like to check me out waxing poetic about the Muppets on Twitter, you can follow me at SethXDecker. Um, that's also all my other social medias, and and uh, you can check out what I'm doing there. Okay. And if you want to get in touch with me, find me on Twitter at HardcoreBShot. Um, I think that wraps it up. And obviously, we just announced what our next episode is going to be, Greasy oh, Strangler. Yeah. Greasy Strangler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever we record that one. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all we got. Uh, thank you guys. Sorry, it was a downer. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know it's it, it's, but I just want to get it, this one. It out needed of the way, to be talked like, about really, for sure. Yeah, because it, nobody talks about this movie yeah. anymore. Nobody really discusses yeah. it. I really wish people would just bring yeah. this back. If nothing else, we got the word out for Blue Ruin. Like, go watch it. Let's do justice. I think it's on Netflix, yes. like right now, as of 2022. Um, not sure when you're listening to this. Yes. Uh, I think I, I have the Blu-ray of it. Yeah, so, oh, you know. nice, nice. Yeah, so. Got it for like 10 bucks back in 2013, so, <laughs> yeah. Bullshit, there you go. I, I, it was, it, I, got, I got Blue Ruin, I got Locke, and I got The Rover for like 30 bucks. Ooh, I haven't seen Locke. I need, to, I need to just sit down and watch it sometime. You haven't seen it? I thought you'd no. seen it. I mean, I, really? I know it's, it's I, good. Yeah, I know all about it. Like, I know what it is. I don't know, like, contextually what's going on in the story, but I know, like, what is being presented. If that makes sense. Yeah, it all takes place inside yeah, of a yeah, car. Exactly. Yeah. It's good. It's not amazing, but it's good. But yeah, uh, that's all I got for tonight. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. And good night. Bye. Good night.